The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Ellis Martin Report. You'll hear expert insight, commentary, and potential financial opportunity. We want you to know up front, eyes wide open, companies featured on this program have given us cash money to be portrayed here. Some of the analyst segments are sponsored as well. Ellis Martin may have a financial position in issues mentioned on this program. Okay, on the web, find us at ellismartinreport.com. Here's the host of the Ellis Martin Report, Ellis Martin. On today's program, I'll speak with Michael Scarry, an investor with Success Holding Group International, trading on the OTCQB under the symbol SHGT. SHGT is founded by Steve Chen, Asia's number one motivational speaker with over 85 million followers, generating over $60 million in gross revenues alone yearly. In addition to that, SHGT has a health drink called 888, which by the end of the year is purported to be in 50,000 convenience stores and supermarkets across China. With further interest in filmmaking, advertising, and social media, SHGT is potentially positioning itself to be the number one U.S. publicly traded concern out of Taiwan and China. I'll also speak with Brad Thompson, the president of Oncolytics Biotech International, trading in the U.S. under the symbol ONCY. Oncolytics Biotech is doing important research using Reolysin, a proprietary technology, a virus if you will, that attacks cancer cells leaving surrounding cells and tissues intact. We'll hear all about this revolutionary technology and its potential uses possibly helpful in saving and or prolonging life. And finally, longtime friend and speaker Bob Lang shares his thoughts and philosophies regarding personal productivity. When we invest, we typically look for return either in stock price gain or income from dividends. Gain is what we're here for, the root of making life better by doing better. You can take it easy and plop your money in a CD and have little risk and little reward. Or take a flyer on the bleeding edge of technology, where the risk is high and the potential reward is too. Everyone strives to find that balance, that sweet spot. Most of us diversify holdings and get to that sweet spot of personal tolerance for risk and reward, and that's great. How did we get this knowledge? How did it come to us? Someone taught you is my guess, and some of you probably were self-taught. Not to say everyone who teaches has the acumen to pass on the training needed that'll make you successful. I wouldn't ask my ninth grade art teacher to suggest investments or even career moves. That's, That's just not their specialty. But then, that's why you're here. To hear about opportunities that fit into your balance. If we designed a great opportunity from scratch, it would have some prime characteristics. A checklist of features that make it appealing for further investigation and investment, or potential investment. Something like a new huge untapped market, millions of potential customers, or maybe even more. If it was really special, it would be brand new to that huge untapped market as well, or nearly so. So the excitement and the growth has the room to be exponential. It also need to have something that's very hard to pair with huge untapped markets, and that's where the product is unknown, that and being an established and proven business model. For us to have a cool new opportunity, the business should have a history based in success. Well, let's make it a business that has a famous history 
rooted in not just its own success, but the success of customers over the short term and the long term, even a subscripted customer base, one that's coming back again and again. So let's review our fantasy wish list. Huge untapped market or nearly so. New experience for that market. Established model or proven system of operation. A history of success, despite being in this huge untapped marketplace and subscripted elements that keep customers coming back again and again. Hmm, can we add some more? I thought I heard someone in the back say cash flow. Okay, it's on the list. Now how about we jack up the wish list one more and ask for no or little debt, if that's not too much to ask for. It should be pretty tough to find a company that can meet those perfect conditions. Would it be even crazier if the untapped market was not just millions of potential customers, but potentially one billion or more? Surely that's too much to ask. What if that new customer experience the untapped market gained was the ability to almost immediately improve many aspects of their own lives in ways they never imagined? Now, for many of you, I'm sure I just tripped on the too good to be true button and it's flashing right now. So let's see if the company we have in mind as an opportunity actually meets this wish list. A huge untapped market in some aspects is China with billions of people who've had a lifetime of the government controlling every aspect of their lives with not much hope. Full employment perhaps, but under what conditions? Self-elevation has not been in their model. Not like the USA or the EU. What if your product was hope itself? Man, would that be special. If you have none, or little, or it's wavering, then genuine hope would be very valuable to you. Ask any person with depression. More than that, how about our company has a school, a methodology for turning hope into real-life improvement? A path forward for potentially billions of people who are new to the concept of building wealth or seeing a new and better way of living in the new Chinese economy. I know many of you have figured it out, but for those still curious, we'll start with the history of success and model of operation for our wishlist company. In today's exercise, I'll start with surrogates. I'll pick from the giants of the industry in America. Names like Dale Carnegie, Will Rogers, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Dr. Robert Schuller, and Anthony Robbins. They change lives and make money doing it, for some years after their passing. There are more, but let's take one. Anthony Robbins, American motivational speaker, personal finance instructor, life coach, and self-help author. $30 million in revenue after many years of operating in the capitalist republic of America. He's teaching, life coaching, motivational speaking, spreading optimism, personal development, and self-help. A lot of followers, or subscribers. While many can benefit from Tony's teaching, only a very, very few rise to the level of equal or perhaps with the opportunity to surpass Tony's achievements. But it would be rooted in the proven models that people like Tony Robbins have set. Now let's address the last two points on that crazy too-good-to-be-true wish list we created earlier. Subscripted customers and cash flow with little or no debt. I guess we're close enough to the end of this segment to reveal our opportunity in greater detail. One of, if not the most successful of Anthony Robbins' students, was Stephen Chen. His company, Success Holdings, OTC symbol SHGT, meets most, if not all, of the items on our incredible wish list. One, they dominate the China market in their industry. Two, they provide the new, fresh experience for thousands of paying customers in attendance, and now online, on TV, and on personal devices. Three, they have an established model or operations based on a history of proven success by other great self-improvement giants. Four, subscription. SHGT launched a service that will expand its inspirational internet content from its U.S.-based Launch TV subsidiary on its own platform. It features short films and other content with inspirational themes. Initially launched in China, it's going to likely spread throughout Asia and beyond. 
Now, Steve Chen, the CEO, said he believed this is a highly significant event for SHGT and represented further validation of their formula for generating high-margin revenue through a series of products and or services that are aimed at enriching the lives of the consumer. In addition to being available to viewers by cable TV, affiliates, and Launch TV, it's available on iPad, iPhone, Android, Roku, and Smart TV Portal devices worldwide. So there's the subscriptive income in place. So now to complete our wish list of the perfect opportunity. We just need cash flow and little or no debt. In its first nine months of operations as a public company ending March 31st, 2015, SHGT had revenues of over $24 million and earnings of $3.7 million. That's just the first nine months. Now, while many will wait and get into the stock when it's trading in years to come, it's the investor with the appreciation for the potential here that will take a position now. The last estimates I've been able to gather are that debt is less than 10% of cash on hand. SHGT on the OTCQB is, in my opinion, Asia's leading provider of self-improvement products and programs. A new area for Chinese citizens to realize. Once they get on that train, it's going to be a long ride. My time is nearly up, but let's add one more thing to that impossible wish list. Wouldn't it be great if the Opportunity Company had a stated goal to buy more companies that aligned with our crazy wish list? Now, that would be an opportunity, wouldn't it? And that's not unlike what we have in SHGT, led by China's foremost motivational speaker and marketer, Steve Chen. SHGT has established an umbrella organization for acquiring rapidly growing companies in related areas. So, after going through this list and showing you these points, I hope you realize now is the time to examine how SGT fits into your balanced investment strategy. Seeing how SHGT lines up with this crazy wish list we created, isn't it time to examine how SHGT fits into your balanced investment strategy? Saying you'll do it later is, well, late. Why am I so excited about SHGT? The root of SHGT and the mission of Steve Chen is to help millions of Chinese in business, in their home life, in their spiritual life, and for the others they interact with, make life better by doing better. And if I remember the beginning of our talk, that's what we're here for too. Now back to Ellis. I'm Ellis Martin. Success Holding Group International trades on the over-the-counter bulletin board under the symbol SHGT. SHGT was formed based on the philosophy and business strategies of Steve Chen, Asia's number one motivational speaker with over 80 million followers. Today I'm speaking with Michael Scarry, a shareholder with SHGT. Mike, welcome back to the program. Yeah, thanks, Ellis. It's always a privilege. Let's discuss the business of motivational speaking and how lucrative it really is because I think most people don't really understand the money involved. With regard to Steve Chen and Success Holding, last quarter of 2014, the company grossed $17.9 million, and that's just in one quarter with a net of $5.7 million approximately. Mike, why is motivational speaking so lucrative and why is it so big in China along with Steve Chen. It's big everywhere. I mean, he's a disciple of Tony Robbins and he has a huge following. I mean, he's got a hardcore following of 30 million people and another 55 million that buy his books, records, DVDs, and his shows. Each show he grosses out at about a million dollars and he does over 60 a year. So as you can tell, that's a pretty lucrative business. Now you have followed him around in Taiwan and China. What's that experience like? He needs eight bodyguards. I mean, he's like a rock star 
car over there start mobbing me a couple of times i've had security get me out of there a couple of times we actually get inside the velvet rope so that the masses have to stay away from us it's freaky and i know it scares him too you know to see a guy come into the stadium with eight bodyguards they still have trouble doing it so it's mayhem you know they're totally excited to see him they fly in from all over and i mean in china it costs about five thousand us to go see one of his shows and you know that's a lot of money over there that's about 40 or 50 thousand rmb in in china so he has a very dedicated following and it's quite the scene to see now what's interesting about steve chen and i had a chance to meet with him recently in beverly hills is that we talked about the business of motivational speaking and how in his lectures he's speaking in many cases to people that are interested in growing their own business it's not important just enough to improve your life but you want to do that in a way that's fairly lucrative can we talk about that mike the big thing about it is companies come to him to do retreats to teach their management it's a skill any of us that are self-employed understand what the dedication it takes to be a successful business person and steve chen brings that motivation to them and he inspires them to be big entrepreneurs over in china and it actually works in a dual fold for the company and that the people that he's teaching are now upper management and owners of their own companies and this is turning around and that's why the company is so diversified he is now doing deals with those companies and to make shgt a much bigger company so basically the purpose for taking s HGT public is to acquire more ancillary concerns. In broad strokes, that's exactly what it is. Steve's been doing these motivational speaking for 27 years, and he's come up with contact after contact, and they're all very influential people. I mean, some of his students are actually richer than he is, which is hard to believe, but they are. And so now he's bringing it and putting it into a nice little package and putting a bow around it, all the accumulation of 27 years of work, and now he's bringing all that to SHGT one at a time. There'll be a lot more interesting things coming into SHGT over the next few years as they have the money to acquire them or some of it will even be given to the company in exchange for their Steve services. What I find fascinating is the scope of money involved with motivational speaking and it's a driving force and also the fact that this particular company, it's not a penny stock. It's a company that's trading uh, between uh, 6 and $8 right now and it's an opportunity with Steve and the board of directors of SHGT and I'm sure yourself as an investor to put someone like Jack Bond in the sights, really, as a goal to surpass. Let's discuss that. Steven has actually coached Jack Ma on national TV over there in China, and I know it is his goal and his personal goal to become the number one company in all of China, and I think he is, if anybody can do it, it, it is Steve Chen. I mean, he is motivationally inspired, and he has the connections all over the world, not just in China, in which to do this. The company is expected to be trading on the NASDAQ later this year. I heard from the company yesterday that where they're actually anticipating there's a very good opportunity that we will be trading on Frankfurt next week. The company is moving forward and yes, the, the ultimate goal is for this company to be the number one company in all of Asia. So we're talking about potentially now hundreds of million dollars in revenue, perhaps over the next five years, each year. I think they will be actually be a billion dollar company within two to three years. I know there's uh, plenty of things going on and just the 888 drink alone, and they, they're anticipating hundreds of millions of dollars just from the 888 drink, never mind the seminars and the O2O or the uh, offline to online. They're just starting now and as well as their inspirational movies. So they think this year they will exceed 100 million probably this year. And I think within a two to three years, they will probably exceed $1 billion a year. Now you mentioned the 888 drink. And when I think of drinks here, I'm thinking about Red Bull, which is something I use when driving on the road or perhaps Rockstar, one of these other drinks. Now I know Steve is very, very, very health conscious. And the 
888 drink is something that's available now in about 9,000 stores in Shanghai alone. And by the end of the year, about 50,000 convenience stores, supermarkets, what have you in China. And this drink should be pervade on the shelves next to anything else that anyone wants to buy. Perhaps at the checkout point, it's a drink that's actually really, really good for you isn't it? Yeah, I've drank it several of them myself. I mean, they are a health drink. It's made from black rice, which only grows in the high mountains of China. And it is a dietary drink as well as a nutritional drink. So it can be used as meal replacement. And as I say, I mean, I'm diabetic and it can help out with the diabetes as I say, because it's a much more nutritional drink than those other ones you're talking about. I mean, they're all caffeine and sugar. This has no caffeine or sugar in it. It does have a sugar supplement just to make it taste a little better. But I find it tastes better cold, but you can drink it cold or warm, either one. But it's not being purveyed necessarily as a specialty health drink. This is a mainstream drink that everyone essentially is going to become very, very familiar with if they're not already familiar with. Oh yeah, there's a huge IR campaign getting prepared in China. They've already started shooting commercials. It's going to be one of those products that's going to be splashed everywhere. And yes, it is a meal replacement or as well as a health supplement. So it fits into both those categories. And I know they plan on doing doing a major IR campaign on the news, radio, TV, in the way of commercials, and they're going to get word out there. It's already selling quite nicely, but I think once Steve Chen puts his face up there on the with the 888 drink, you will see sales start to skyrocket. And right now, they're putting the money into the product, and once they've got the cash flow is a little better and they've done a funding, then they're going to start doing the major IR campaign over there. What's additionally interesting about this particular drink and the media campaign that you're referring to is they're going to be using smartphones technology to get the word out and a phenomenon called WeChat, which is really a step above applications such as Viber or WhatsApp. Why don't you tell us about that and the team ready to really spread the word on everybody's smartphones, which is how I get a lot of my information, Mike. You know, it's a phenomenon. The first time I went to China, I was like, you know, what's WeChat? Everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, everybody over in China and Asia uses WeChat and SHGT has uh, four phone rooms. Each one has 500 people in it, so they've already hired 2,000 people and all they do on their smartphones is send out messages to the clients. They've got the 85 million already from Steve Chen's seminars and his followers so they've already got an 85 million people following them. They anticipate they'll be up over 100 million people this year and 200 million people next year and they will be selling eat eat drinks as well as many other products over there. But I mean, everybody in Asia has got WeChat. I'm just signing up myself to get on WeChat because uh, everybody in China says they can't contact me if, if I'm not on WeChat. So yeah, it's a big phenomenon over there. And by the end of this year, they should have over 100 million followers. And they send out 100 million texts every month to the followers of Steve Chen. Now, you know, this is an investment-based program of which SHGT is a sponsor of. But let's get to the bottom line here. There are many, 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 many opportunities to win or lose with regard to the stock market. I'm going to ask you directly, Mike, why should our audience specifically consider SHGT over perhaps many other potential opportunities for them to invest in? Well, I mean, I think the only place you can find value these days in the stocks is in the -the over-the-counter markets. Of those over-the-counter market companies that are highly undervalued, SHGT is probably one of just a handful or two that is actually profitable. I mean, the company last year made, I think, nine cents a share earnings just in the last quarter, and they're anticipating this year to earn somewhere between 50 and a dollar a share in earnings. 
and two to three dollars a share earnings for next year the numbers that they're throwing around right now so for one thing if you've got a profitable company especially one with this huge upside is this i mean you just can't get anything better on the otc market you know i think the stock is highly undervalued where it is and i think over the next year you're going to see a significant rise in price well mike it's been a pleasure to speak with you again today thank you so much for joining us on the program we look forward to further discussions with you in the future about shgt thanks ellis it's always a pleasure and i enjoy your show i've been speaking with michael scary a shareholder with shgt success holding group international just search the symbol shgt and find a link to their website on the homepage of ours ellismartinreport.com email ellis martin with any of your cutesy questions martinreports at gmail.com that's martinreports at gmail.com hey let me slow that down for you Martin reports at gmail.com. I bet there's six or seven that still didn't get it. We follow those that like to be followed. Follow them yourself at ellismartinreport.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Success Holding Group International trades on the -the over-the-counter bulletin board under the symbol SHGT. SHGT was formed based on the philosophy and business strategies of Steve Chen, Asia's number one motivational speaker with over 80 million followers, originally from Taiwan and with homes there and in China. He studied business at prestigious Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. What is a motivational speaker and why is this important? Perhaps you've heard of Tony Robbins worth an estimated $500 million today. Well, Steve Chen is one of Tony Robbins' most successful students and having an interest in the field, I was curious as how Steve became such a world-renowned speaker. Steve Chen and I met recently at the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills, and I asked him how he got into the business. And it is a business of motivational speaking and his start working with Tony Robbins. You are the number one motivational speaker in Asia with over 80 million followers. How does that happen? And let's talk about the road to where you're at today. I started out when I was 14. I moved to the States. And then I always wanted to become successful, but I didn't know how. So like at age 16, I started working as a part-time in my aunt's computer store. I was a salesperson. And then I was selling cars, kitchen cutleries, water filtration systems, supermarket coupons, US Sprint telephone cards. And I tried like 18 different jobs. I worked really hard part-time, but somehow it just didn't click. So at age 21, when I was at Pepperdine University, I found out, one day that my bank account had no money. It's like 0.00, no, not even one dime, one cent. So that time was like really scary because I was alone. I have a lot of pride for myself. I don't want to ask my family for the money. I didn't really have any friends. You know, it's like, wow, what do I do? So I was totally desperate. And fortunately, one of my buddies who has a friend worked at Tony Robbins' company. And then he said, there's a ticket for me to go there. So that's when I first exposed to Tony's program. And that day, Tony hit a home run, it's like on stage. His energy, his philosophies of life, his strategies. I said, wow. He's only like seven years older than me. I'm totally flat broke. He lives in a castle. <laughs> Something's wrong with my philosophy. I must learn from this guy. Higher-end courses cost a lot more money. So I tried to borrow money to attend his course. And after that, he said, there's another higher-level course. I said, oh, really? Wow. And at that time, I believe it cost more than 4000 US dollars. I'm like, whoa. Here's a guy starving. You know, <laughs> It's so desperate. How could I find the money? Finally, I made a phone call to my mom. I said, mom, I need some money quick. And my mom said, what's the money for? 
I said, for education. Oh, didn't you go to college? Didn't you pay your tuition already? I said, oh, college works. No, really nice. No, but additional education will get me somewhere else. And I said, oh, yeah, how much do you need? I said, you know, over 4,000 US dollars. She's like, shocked. Why, well, is, is that program for two years? I said, no, 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 for two weeks in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, so the teacher must be very experienced. He must be like 60 years old. I said, no, 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 about 27. Oh, yeah, he must graduate from Harvard or Stanford. I said, no, 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 high school graduate. So my mom was like, really? I said, no, 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 just support me one last time. You know, I won't let you down. So my mom finally wired me the money, attended the course in Hawaii for 14 days. Uh, like two days before the end of the program, Tony said, the fastest way to become successful is to work for a successful person. What concepts? What I thought was, you know, just find a job, work hard, then you become successful. You need to follow a person who has a proven track record. I said, wow, I got it. So I went for interview. About 85 people out of 850 people went for the interview. I think I was the only one who got hired. Wow, I'm this Asian who's not fluent in English, no money, no track record. They hire me? I said, wow. Then I asked the general manager finally, I said, out of all these people, American, who have better qualifications than me, why'd you hire me? And he told me one answer. He said, those people, they're just interested. But Steve, you are the most committed. We want the people who have the commitment, and that's you. We think you will become successful. So that day turned my destiny around. Tell us about the journey from that day to the success that you've achieved over the last 27 years. What kind of hardships did you find along the way? Was it easy for you? What did you continually have to do? to achieve the success you've had? I was hired as a sales representative. It's like a promoter promoting Tony Robbins programs. But for me, it's very difficult. I was 21. I had no money, no prior speaking experience, no success track records. I need to persuade Americans who are older, more successful than me, say, oh, you need to attend this guy's program. It's like very difficult. First couple of times, I got zero sales. No tickets were sold. You know, I was like so depressed. And I said, wow, you know, I failed so many times already. Now I'm working for this person. If I cannot become successful in his company, I think there's no ways for me to become successful any other places. So I rehearsed my presentation. I made a hundred cold calls every day, telemarketing. I faced the mirror, basically rehearsed three hours per night, every single day. So it's like really, really hard work. At the end of the first cycle, that's like four to six weeks, the cycle. I sold about like 104 tickets. In order for you to qualify for the next cycle, you need to sell over 100. I barely qualified. It's like, whoa, thank God. The second cycle, I sold about, I believe, 137. And the third one, close to 200. So I was improving really fast, but it took me a lot of work. It wasn't easy. So nothing came that easy. So I overcome my fears of public speaking. I always pretending I was Tony Robbins on stage. You know, it's like, I need to do this power move. I need to turn my fear into power. <laughs> it's totally scary. You just can't imagine a kid, you know, trying to persuade people who are much older and more successful. So with that kind of little success, my confidence really grew. One day I met a customer. She said, wow, aren't you going to speak for us? I said, no, 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 the, the keynote speaker is Tony Robbins. No, 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 we want to listen to you. I said, no, 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 I'm just a promoter, you know. I said, no, 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 you, you're the best. I said, oh, really? So that lady gave me that compliment. Confidence got stronger. So it all started from there. And then I went back to Asia. I met this guy, Dr. Shi. He's a fan of Tony Robbins. He's from Canada. He said, oh, yeah, Tony's great. 
but he doesn't speak Chinese. Why don't you pretend like you're Tony Robbins and you know, do something in Asia? I said, no, 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 I'm just a promoter, you know. I said, yeah, 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 let's try it. We'll hire you. Do something. I said, okay, maybe I'll help the Chinese, okay? So I started doing programs in Taiwan. I was the youngest speaker in Taiwan. And then I was on stage, jumping up and down, giving this woke clap, say yes. They're like, what are you doing, you know, Steve? Because the Chinese, they're more conservative. I brought this American energy. In the beginning, they're like, new kids on the block, how long would you last? And all of a sudden, I grew popular. My courses were filled. People signed up and they produced results. And I said, wow, it's kind of working. So one day, one of the publisher came to me and said, oh, Steve Chen, your talks are really nice. How come you don't write a book? And I said, I can't, I have no experience. Oh, it's okay. We'll transcribe speeches, do something for you. So the book is called like, uh, You Are the Treasure, okay? So I said, oh, okay, whatever. You know the publishing business. Within the first month, I was the number one bestseller in Taiwan. All of Taiwan. One month. First time unknown author and became number one best-selling author. And I, I say, oh, wow, it's working. And then, oh, do another one. Became the number one seller again. And then back in 1996, my super success principles were the number one seller of all year for the nonfiction category. People asked me to go on TVs, radio shows, and all. I, I grew my popularity at that time. And then at that time, the tapes, not even, you know, DVDs, okay, the tapes, the books, I think somehow went to China. And I got famous there, and people from China calling me, say, oh, Steve Chen, how come you don't go to China to do programs? We need this kind of materials. I said, really, is there a market? I'm not familiar with China. Although we're all Chinese, but I knew nothing about it. So one day I went there, I didn't do a seminar, I did a Q&A session with about 300 people in Beijing. And then people's responses were like overwhelming. I said, wow, must be a niche for my seminar. So I started at the end of year 2000 and now it's year 2015. So I have almost 15 years of experience in China, 14, 15 years. And then I've spoken in about 66 cities and my programs are ranging from 400 people to 8,000. The largest event I did for a private company, it's 15,000 in an outdoor stadium. But usually I like to hold the numbers to about 1,000. That's easier to talk. So that's how I started. I then asked Steve if he developed his charismatic skills along the way, and if it was a case of preparation meeting opportunity equaling luck when he was first asked to speak in Taiwan and then China. That's exactly, that's what luck is all about. First presentations, go to so many cities, overcome many obstacles. Anybody who's successful is not easy. It looks easy, but it takes many years of hard work. In the first nine months of operations as a public company, ending on March 31st, 2015, SHGT had revenues of $24.7 million and earnings of $3.7 million. Success Holding is the benchmark company for Steve Chen's motivational speaking interest, funding a film company, the WeChat social media platform, and the 888 Black Rice-based health drink, which launched in January and has to date been distributed to more than 8,000 retailers in just Shanghai alone, with plans for full distribution across China. Western Europe, and the United States. During the coming weeks, you'll hear and learn all about Success Holding. Success Holding trades on the over-the-counter bulletin board under the symbol SHGT. Just type in SHGT. Find a link to the SHGT website by going to our website, ellismartinreport.com. We ask that you consider SHGT as a potential growth stock and a possible investment opportunity. SHGT is a paid sponsor of the Ellis Martin Report. Hey, Ellis Martin Report vis-a-vis -vis Ellis Martin and his doppelganger EBDB Doobie make no claims of authenticity regarding any statements made by guests of this particular program. People say what they say, you know.
Ebidibidubi and Ellis Martin are paid to purvey these tasty rose-petaled outlooks that you're hearing now. Potentials and possibilities, maybes and such and so forth. As always, invest at your own risk. I'm out. We offer expert opinions only. Find them on our website, ellismartinreport.com. That's ellismartinreport.com. Join me for a conversation with Dr. Brad Thompson, President and CEO of Oncolytics Biotech Incorporated. Trading on the NASDAQ exchange as ONCY and on the TSX as ONC. Oncolytics Biotech is a biotechnology company focused on the development of oncolytic viruses as potential therapeutics for use in a broad range of cancers. The company is conducting clinical studies using Reolysin, its proprietary formulation of the human reovirus, and some of the most prevalent forms of the disease, including lung, colorectal, and pancreatic cancers. Brad, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. Now, if you wouldn't mind, give us a summary on Oncolytics Biotech. Oncolytics Biotech is a company focused solely on treatment of cancers. And the technology that we're using is to use a live agent, in this case, a virus that is naturally oncolytic, which all it means is it will infect as a virus, will infect cells that are tumors and, and or cancer-bearing and kill them, and also causes a secondary immune response. And so what you've got is an agent that actually will address potentially you know, cancers in people. That program has been going on for a while now. We've treated over 1,100 patients in various clinical studies with 13 different cancers. We're actually moving into the very you know, last stages of clinical development right now in a number of indications. It's a very exciting technology. It's certainly very timely. We have colleague companies that are moving along with different viruses and looking at different cancers at the same time as us. And as a group, I think it's one of those technologies that people are going to look back in five or 10 years and go, wow, there's a number of different cancers being treated with these viruses. And so it's something certainly to look forward to. You just announced your financial results and operational highlights for the quarter ending March 31st, 2015. Let's review those financials because they're particularly interesting to shareholders and potential shareholders. Well, of course, financial resources are the lifeblood of any biotechnology company. I mean, the vast majority of the industry runs off its cash reserves as it's going towards product approvals. We came out of 2014 with just a little over a year of cash on hand. And after our first quarter was over in 2015, we have a little over two years of cash on hand and having funded the quarter as well. And we've done that through a couple of different financial instruments. But it's just very important to maintain that cash financing horizon uh, out that period of time. And we're very satisfied with that result. Now, down the road, of course, investors want to know what the revenue stream is going to look like. How you addressing those questions? In oncology anyway, one typically looks at each cancer separately and generates a potential cash flow stream from a potential market penetration and market size. And so, for example, if you were looking at pancreatic cancer, there's about 40,000 new cases a year in the United States. 35 or 36,000 of those cases will die within a year of diagnosis. So when one's looking at, for example, assessing the pancreatic cancer market for our potential product, one looks at the genetic basis for the patients that could be potentially treated so you're looking around two-thirds of that 40,000. You do a realistic assessment of what kind of market penetration you would get, say 10 or 20%, and you come up with a number that's probably around eight or 10,000 patients a year. Could be treated with real license times a typical $100,000 for a treatment course of, for these new age biologics. And that gives you a, you know, a marketing number that people can back out on a time discounted basis. And you repeat as necessary. If your agent like ours is active apparently in more than one cancer, then you just stack that up. And that's how 
the analysts build up the financing models for those sorts of things. The absolute key number for people is when that first marketing approval comes. That marks the transition from a cash burning entity like we are now and like everybody pretty much is to a profitable entity. That's a significant milestone. And we will be letting people know and letting our investors know what our registration pathway is and what that timeline is in the very near future. Oh, fantastic. So we can look forward to updates as they're happening, correct? Absolutely. Probably the most important piece of information that we get asked by our shareholders is what is the timeline to finish and what is the path to the finish? So we've been spending a great deal of time with regulators, both here in North America and over in Europe, with key opinion leaders, clinicians, investors coming up with a registration plan. And that's probably the most eagerly anticipated piece of information about Oncolytics that I could say. So there are several revenue streams that we can look forward to potentially. Absolutely. This agent is real license, the one we're under development, appears to be active against a percentage of all cancers that have solid tumor cancer. And it's a pretty consistent percentage, sort of 60, 65%. You can demonstrate some kind of activity, either tumor regression or lifespan extension. It appears as if Reolysin is active against around two thirds of any solid tumor cancer. So in any population with solid tumors, say prostate or breast or colorectal or lung, to some degree, each one of those actually represents a separate marketing opportunity and a separate patient population for us to treat. You were quoted in the recent news release saying, in the first quarter, we obtained orphan drug designation from the U.S. FDA and the EMA in Europe for a number of different indications, which will support future developments of realicin. Now, before the interview, you were telling me about gastric cancer and how this is specifically appropriate for that particular type of cancer. Would you elaborate on that, please? Well, some cancers are fairly uncommon, if you want to think of it that way. So cancers like fallopian tube cancer, it's very rare, it's, you know, less than 10,000 patients a year every year in the United States. Gastric cancers are fairly rare. In large number sense, things like pancreatic cancer is fairly rare, but they are all life-threatening diseases. And so the orphan drug program at the FDA and the orphan program, which is similar but not the same in Europe at the EMA, provide a structure that allows companies to spend the development dollars and the time and energy required to develop products for these rarish diseases, and in our case, rarish cancers. We have embarked upon a program to take a look at the cancers that we think are most likely reasonably treatable with real license that are also rare. And as a result of that, we filed a number of orphan drug applications, both in Europe and in the United States. So we got pancreatic cancer, orphan drug designation in the United States, and in Europe, we got ovarian cancer and its associated cancers, fallopian tube and primary peritoneal in the United States and in Europe. And separately in the United States, we filed for pediatric glioblastoma or gliomas, which is, you know, children with glioblastoma. And the FDA was kind enough to widen that out to all glioblastomas for us. Gastric cancer is a very interesting cancer. And it's one of those cancers that goes from being very treatable, sort of like melanoma. If you get melanoma early, it's very treatable to very untreatable, i.e. it's a very serious disease very quickly, almost within days or weeks. And so if you catch it early, you can treat it. And if you catch it late, it is life-threatening. So we've had a particular interest in this. We've had a number of patients in not specific gastric cancer studies, but gastric cancer patients in general studies that have all responded well to real license therapy. And so we thought we'd take the opportunity to draw a circle around it and place some emphasis on it and allow us to actually get in to treat this fairly rare cancer that has very serious consequences. Now, you're not a Johnny-come-lately CEO at all. Let's review your background as well as your passion for cancer treatment and a business model that makes sense for the company and your shareholders. Those two things are important, linked together. Uh, 
absolutely. My education, I'm a microbiologist. I have my PhDs in microbiology and immunology. And I was happily working along on in an infectious disease company I founded and had been doing that for five or six years. And I had some personal experiences with cancer. I had cancer and uh, my mom and my favorite uncle both died of cancer all within a very short period of time. And this very interesting technology walked through the door from the University of Calgary here in Calgary. Irisa was my background in infectious disease microbiology and treated cancer. So we formed a company around that technology and got working on that. So I've been a public company CEO since 1994, both in NASDAQ and TSX companies, in the previous company, and then in Oncolytics, which makes me fairly long in the tooth in Canada for this business. But this is possibly the most exciting area to be in at this time I, I can think of in biotechnology. We've got a technology that's actually showing, I think, a great deal of promise. And at the same time, we're seeing all these developments in oncology that mesh in very well with what we do, but are just moving the treatment of cancer ahead. Like it's a once in a generation leap forward in the treatment of cancer. And there's two specific elements for that. One is diagnosis. We're actually getting much, much better at being able to tell people the genetic basis of their cancers, which products should work because we know the genetics before they're even treated and diagnosing patients earlier and earlier and earlier. And at the same time, all these developments in harnessing the, the human being's own immune system in helping treat cancer. Those two things together have just completely changed the landscape of cancer therapy. So it's the best place to be in oncology at this time. And for us, having a technology that fits in with all that perfectly, it's the best place for us to be as a company. It's a lot of fun right now, and it's very exciting. And I think we're on the verge as an industry and as a company of helping out a lot of people with cancer. Speaking of which, we're getting a lot of positive response since you began with us on the program. And I'm sure there are many in our audience that either are afflicted with cancer, they have friends or relatives that are afflicted as well, and they're thinking, how can I get involved? How can I become involved in a clinical trial? I'm sure you feel these types of calls on a regular basis. We actually get quite a few calls asking about the technology and depending on where they're calling from, in this case, talking about the United States, one can access already existing clinical trials just by going to clinicaltrials.gov and looking into real lysin or real virus and you'll actually come up with a list of clinical studies and different indications. For example, we're about to start enrolling in a pediatric glioma study, so children's brain cancer study. Once that's up on clinicaltrials.gov, people can actually have the contact details, talk to the investigator at the site where it's been treating patients and actually see if they can get themselves, their friends, their families enrolled. And that's just one example. If there isn't a clinical study, a much lower possibility is to get a special access type of a process going. But that is a very rare occurrence for us in the United States. We do a lot more of that in Canada. The system is just different, just an easier process to go through to get patients treated outside of clinical programs. But both avenues are available in the United States. Well, Brad, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining us today in the program. Look forward to having a chat with you soon. Great. Thank you very much. I've been speaking with Dr. Brad Thompson, the CEO and President of Oncolytics Biotech Incorporated, trading on the NASDAQ exchange as ONCY and on the TSX as ONC. Find a link to their website on the homepage of our website, ellismartreport.com, and download the entire program on iTunes. Let's see. I shaved, I showered, but I forgot to... Oh, okay. Want more dribble? Find it at ellismartinreport.com. That's ellismartinreport.com. We offer expert opinions only. Find them on our website, ellismartinreport.com. That's ellismartinreport.com. 
As a guy who used to walk into a brokerage firm in a perfectly manicured suit, swing by the coffee, pick one up, sit down at my desk and start dialing for dollars, over time I began to notice that there were two types of people working in that office on the phones, some that were killing time and some that were making a killing. And it all came down to productivity. What do you do with the time you're allotted? You walk in, grab your coffee, hit the phones, or take care of your business, you're going to be moving forward. If you're just there killing time till lunch, well, you should find something else to do with your career. Productivity measures can come at you like well, an old-fashioned family recipe, or a bolt of lightning from the blue, or a religious epiphany. However it comes to you, you've only got so many hours in a day, so many days in a week, so many months in a year, and so many years in a life. Maybe one of the best ways to get a grip on your crazy out-of-control life is to stop. Just stop. Give yourself 15 minutes a day and start bringing to bear what your ideal productive day would look like. Mine seems to be based around three S's all the time. You've heard them before. The first thing you do in the morning is you shit, shower, and shave. For me, the next thing is email, and that's going to get saved for later, shit canned, or stored. Okay, I promise that's the end of the beeps. As you move through the day, opportunities are coming at you left and right. Some are maintenance operations, some are progressive and moving forward, and some are dealing with tragedies of the past. So you're going to do one of three things. You're going to stand, you're going to sag, or you're going to sizzle. I recommend the latter. Sincerely, if you look at the number of hours you have in a day and how you can approach them best, where to put your exercise, where to put your email so that you can maximize your day, you're going to find yourself moving your life forward. I mean, there's a lot to do in a day and it starts the night before. Build a routine of having everything set to go in the morning so you could fly out of the house as if it were on fire and not miss a beat. Not forget a paper, not forget your keys, not forget your glasses. They're in the same place, same time, every day. A lot of you already do this, but some, <laughs> not so much. Bounce out of bed and hit your first three S's, and then reach out to shake hands with the rest of the world. In the Franklin Covey system, take your tasks and break them into A's and B's and C's. I never get C's. <laughs> They're all A's and B's. There's always a fire going somewhere. As you get into the swing of the day, you need to have certain things built into your routine to help you through the stressful periods and help you deal with the barrage of insane things that happen. Whether it's a prayer, a walk around the block is usually the best. Give yourself enough time between taskings so that you can take care of your own stress levels and your ability to deal with the next thing coming. I'm a fan of the magazine Fast Company, and every year they seem to do an issue about the most productive people. And these people have incredible schedules, starting at 6 in the morning and sometimes going around the clock till 2 in the morning. Others have a 7 or 8 o'clock start and a 6 to 7 quit time. Different people have different ways of getting to their productive routine. But the thing they seem to have in common is they understand what needs to be done. They go after doing it, and they use their tools to help them cope, whether it's assistance or an app on their phone or walk around the block. Now note, I said a tool, not a crutch. Some people have used drugs, alcohol, sex, any number of things to quote-unquote help them through their day, which are, they're actually taking away from their productivity. Find something that's non-destructive, positive for you, and build it into your routine so that you can cope with the meteorites that come flying at you all day long. Another critical tool to add to your bag in becoming productive is, is to say no. I can't. No. 
learn to say no. And you can say it in a nice way. Your project sounds extremely interesting. However, right now I don't have the resource of time to devote to it. No! <laughs> After a while, saying no gets a little easier. Just say it nicely with kindness and compassion because you'll be surprised how productive you can be when you approach the rest of the world with kindness, compassion, and an interest in their success. Your success follows right along with it, many times. But you always want to be kind because kindness and compassion are a really great way to become productive. You get more people to help you. Time management is the most critical part of being productive. Now we're coming to the end of the day and you've got to handle the things that just must be dealt with today. You're going to give some support to the things that are going to carry over to tomorrow. And then give a soothing hand to the things that didn't quite work out for the day. And settle the items that should have completed today that you're not going to mess with ever again. Now it's time to get out the door. Time to transition from work to real life. The first is slow down. You're approaching your real life. Next is socialize. Call your family. Call your friends. Let them know you survived. And the last thing in the day is sleep. Make sure you get a good night's sleep because tomorrow you're going to go be productive again. For the Ellis Martin Report, I'm Bob Lang. For more information, visit our website, ellismartinreport.com. That's ellismartinreport.com. This week, I'd like to speak with you about investing and market trends. Lately, we've seen some dramatic moves in the Dow and the NASDAQ, the markets, if you will. Many say that these are moves related to a stock implosion in China, and that China is dominating, if not leading, the world financial markets. I imagine that if the market needed a reason to correct it, now has one. This happens every few years in one form or another, right? The last time we had a so-called market correction, it was related to a real estate bubble mortgage collapse, and in fact it turned into a recession, immediately, one that we've struggled to get out of, perhaps not fully out, perhaps completely removed from, depending on individual perspectives. At this time, what are the main questions? Is the stock market overinflated? Has it been for a few years now? Was it due for a correction? Yes. Is China the driving factor? Yes, but it's the excuse, just like Greece or the euro is an excuse for gold to rise into prominence almost 10 years ago. And then that song and dance got to be a worn-out recording that no longer had any juice after QE3 ended. Who cares? Somebody does. Perhaps it's you. You've made solid investments over the past few years in hopes of building your diversified portfolio. And you've achieved a modicum of success in that regard. You'd prefer it if that portfolio was not at risk. Perhaps you are undergoing measures to protect your assets. You might be selling portions of your stocks and converting to cash. Are you converting to gold? Are you sitting on the fence awaiting your next move? Are you doing nothing? That may not be such a bad thing. The real estate market has already collapsed and reconfigured with property values across the country in many desirable areas incrementally increasing. You're not going to rush off and sell your house, are you? Real estate remains a good investment, as it did after the market crash in 2008 and 9. Are you going to put your money into bonds? Probably not at this time. Are you going to take advantage of this bit of market correction and look for buying opportunities that may not exist again for another 7 or 8 years? Yes, I think that could be a good call. If a trillion dollars is lost in the market, by the way, where did it go? Whose is it now? These are questions, and there are some answers. 
but mystery remains. There is no predicting the future. All you can do is prepare for it. Is it time to stock up on bottled water and canned goods? Well, I'm not fostering panic, I hope, but it's never a bad idea to store either. While you shop, buy things you can store and eat later, in addition to the perishables that you consume. All is well until it is not. It is certainly better to prepare for the not. Civil order hasn't come close to breaking down, not with just a few days of dramatically negative markets. Many of us are staring at sunshine in the final weeks of summer. A beautiful summer. I suppose it's not a good thing, and, and nothing we should joke or make light of. A market losing a few thousand points in a few days, that is. Was it built on the hope of China, this market? How is it possible that the business of the United States of America is so directly connected with the People's Republic of China? China stops consuming as much, has less of a need for commodities. Really? 1.4 billion people and everyone has a new car, a cell phone, and a new refrigerator? 1.4 billion people and we're all good? What's really going on here? It's a mystery, and all we can do is wait it out and prepare for the worst while we enjoy the best of our days. The Boy Scout motto, be prepared. Well, there are those pundits and analysts that have been predicting another more dramatic meltdown for quite some time. Some of them have been right so far, some wrong. Where do I stand? I'm not sure that I have a position. I'm a watcher, a journalist, a commentator, not a predictor. But here's the thing. The United States of America doesn't make much anymore. China has been our industrial center for quite some time. In a sense, that makes us reliant on its economy, as it may not be buying up our dollars and lifting our economy anymore. And since we're buying less things from them, and we're not producing anything other than high-priced weaponry, and I'm not knocking that, with most jobs in this country not actually in that sector, where's the beef, kids? Where's the beef? Where are the factories, actually? It's been said that the market has been outperforming the economy, and now it's just beginning to even out. Yes, there's a shakeout. There's a correction. Yes, the global economy has taken a hit. But what does this mean? It means little if you're not heavily leveraged in the markets and stocks with vulnerability. It means nothing if you are gainfully employed or retired with a nice nest egg. Again, not leveraged in vulnerable stocks. It means everything if you're not protected and a step away from insolvency. Some of us have been that vulnerable in the past. Our comfort level is directly related to our wealth or lack of it. Get comfortable. Release that which you do not need. Invest in what you must have. Leave the rest alone. Set it aside. Financial uncertainty is not a good option for listeners of this program. Take stock of yourself. Look for really great investments that are unfairly taking a plunge and prepare to jump in. These market dips are a contrarian's opportunity and a way to possibly build great wealth if you have the eye and the fortitude and the good sense. Look at potential investments without emotion. If you can buy a loaf of bread for half off, why wouldn't you do exactly that? Look and see what might be on sale and consider that potential opportunity. Buying at the bottom is the best way to hold on to what you have and to accumulate wealth with a dose of patience added. So look for opportunities. Stock up on essentials. You'll eventually eat or drink them anyway. Keep some cash around. Again, an essential. And be nice to your boss. I'm Ellis Martin. 
The Yellow Smart Report is sponsored by Wellgreen Platinum. Wellgreen Platinum is a Canadian mining exploration and development company focused on the active advancement of its 100% owned Wellgreen PGM and nickel project toward production. A 2015 economic assessment shows the Wellgreen project located in the Canadian Yukon to be potentially the second largest PGM producer outside Southern Africa and Russia, with average annual production of over 200,000 ounces platinum, palladium and gold, along with 128 billion pounds of nickel and copper from just 34% of the pit-constrained resource, making it possibly one of the largest in the world. Estimates show that once in production with assets near or at the surface, this low-cost producer may generate cash flow exceeding as much as $330 million per year. Situated along a major highway in a mining-friendly jurisdiction with an active market for PGMs and nickel, and with a strong management team, Wellgreen is certainly to be considered a candidate for your portfolio. Find them on the web at wellgreenplatinum.com. What? It's over? No, it can't be true! What will I do? What will I say? Wh what? Oh, oh, this. <laughs> Join us next time for the Ellis Martin Report! Remember, this is actually one of those paid programs where companies and individuals pay us to let you hear all about themselves. Remember, invest at your own risk. Get more of these powerful programs free on the web at ellismartinreport.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.